Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation Podcast. Welcome to Mintel's Little Conversation, where our experts bring you fresh ideas and new perspectives on how consumers eat, drink, shop, groom, and think. I'm Edward Bergen, global food and drink analyst, all-round foodie and hummus fanatic, which I'm going to say for the rest of time. <laughs> This is the final podcast of our first series. Boo. <laughs> it took you too long to say boo guys before we start series two Yay! okay we're, we're great um it's a very special one and our final topic of this year is a very seasonal one cue the sleighs the elves and the reindeer the holiday sales the adverts and the overindulgence of food entering our overdrafts due to spending too much on lego drinking too much uh, broken resolutions and a huge amount of chocolate consumption I've given you a few clues. Welcome to our festive podcast. Uh, so we haven't just got one host. We haven't just got two hosts. We have five hosts. Um, so rather than introducing them, the uh, these are the voices that you should have heard before. Um, so we'll just start with Andrew. Hi, Ed. Yep, I'm Andrew McDougall. I'm the Associate Director of Global Beauty and Personal Care. So you normally would have heard me on the beauty pods, I imagine. Brilliant. Sam. Hello, my name is Sam Dover. I'm a Senior Research Analyst here at Mintel, um, writing on a whole variety of things, but including beauty, fashion and retail. And Dana. Hi, everybody. It's Dana Mackey, Research Director over in the US office in Chicago. You'll recognize me by my American accent today. <laughs> okay, and Andrew. Yeah, realise that. Uh, what, what an exciting <laughs> introduction, Ed. Um, I'm Andrew Davidson, SVP and Chief Insights Officer for Compare Media, based in New York. And uh, yeah, my area of expertise is is credit cards and financial services marketing, and America's podcast host. Awesome. So, um, are you excited for the festive period? Have you got some time off planned? Yes, I've got about two weeks off, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, although I'm also not excited because you have to buy presents and I've bought none. Mm. I think I'm the exact opposite. I um, I have two days off in addition to the holidays uh, and I've, I've pretty much bought all my presents, so I'm excited. Maybe I could take yeah. tips from you, Sam. <laughs> you need to do a Freaky Friday switcheroo body swap movie so we can learn each other's ways. That would be so depressing for Sam. I'm looking forward to reboot Freaky Friday number three. I'm sure it'll be out in the next few years. Um, so it's a very simple format for today. We're going to just talk all things festive in, in our industry world. Um, and to start with, we um, we thought we'd chat about the something that's expected before Christmas every single year or, or the, the holiday period, which is our advertising. Um, and I know that we have a few adverts from Andrew that he wanted to share with us. Yes, yes, indeed. I, I actually, I thought we, I, given like where we're all based, obviously we're UK and the US, I think it's important to sort of start off by talking about the difference between the UK, UK and the US when it comes to this festive advertising period. Because I think I'm safe in saying that in the UK, this is probably like the biggest advertising event of the year um, and you know of course historically we've got all of these sort of emotionally stirring ads you know which started you know John Lewis probably kicked it off right so, uh, you know seven or eight years ago mm. whereas you know in the US we have a little sporting event that you might have heard of um, called the Super Bowl 
which is our biggest advertising event of the year. Now, that's not to say that, of course, Christmas and, and the holiday period in general is not, you know, huge, huge, huge in terms of advertising. It very much is. And we've see, seen some really fantastic uh, executions recently. And a couple I wanted to talk about today, which I thought were really interesting, it uh, stood out for me. Well, there's one um, from Xfinity. Xfinity is a cable and internet uh, company in the US. Um, and they have just launched a campaign called, um, which is sort of takes us back to E.T., which is, uh, if uh, for those who remember, E.T. was a movie from the 80s. It came out in 1982. Lovable little alien came down to Timeless. Earth and, and visited. Have you all seen E.T.? Yeah. Oh, yes. Classic. Yeah, oh, just checking, just checking. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it at the cinema, so that might age me. Um, so, uh, so E.T. came down to Earth. He met with a little boy called Elliot and Xfinity have remade, like basically it's a short story um, and E.T. comes back to visit Elliot for the holidays and of course he's visiting the now grown up Elliot, the actor, um, and he spends a few days and they reconnect and the whole theme is about reconnection. So I like that because it was all mm. about going back to the 80s and uh, it's a nice theme, right? Nice theme. So that was one that resonated with me. Uh, another really good one, uh, which you might find interesting um, here in the US is, is, is Pepsi. Now, if you think about, you know, festive advertising, you, uh, when you think about, um, you know, soft drinks and, and drinks you know normally think about coca-cola and the polar bears right they've been focusing on polar bears for years you know actually they, they first started using the polar bear in 1922 um so you know they've been focusing on polar bears for years and now you've got pepsi coming in uh taking the you know trying to uh, sort of go after coke with the sort of whole christmas theme they're using cardi b they partnered with mm-hmm. Lapa cardi b um and what's interesting is they've got this uh, qi the, the campaign is um it's called gift it forward with pepsi and so you take the can and there's a qr code on the can and then you scan the qr code with your phone and you get entered into a chance to win between like five and twenty five thousand dollars which you can then either give to a friend or give to charity so Mm. it's sort of an interesting take on um you know gifting it forward you know going sort of moving into a space where um you know traditionally it's sort of associated with coke so it's sort of that whole battle and it and it's sort of heating up and it, and it also shows a sort of the digital integration here because you know even coke now apparently you, you with their cans with the polar bears uh they're building in augmented reality so here you can scan the coca-cola can and then the polar bears will come to life and have a snowball fight and amazing do, do silly things so i'm looking forward to buying one of those cans even though i'm not a big coke drinker do they do anything with sustainability in the environment because of the polar bears have they gone into that space like talking about saving the world and the fact that the polar bears are in trouble david attenborough style yeah i don't i don't know ed i don't know but uh, yeah it would definitely certainly make sense right some ideas well, for them. also seems to be stepping on the share a coke idea a little bit about the idea of connection and sharing this you know beverage yeah yeah i mean they're, i think they're definitely encroaching on coke's uh territory uh a turf sure. war an all-out turf, turf war yeah right right i guess we talk in that we were debating this before you know about the holidays versus christmas of course the holidays really start with thanksgiving and so a lot of these campaigns launched on thanksgiving you know a lot of them launched literally i think the the pepsi campaign was launched during the macy's parade on thanksgiving day you know so that that sort of that sort of kicks it off and then these campaigns will run you know during the entire sort of um, holiday period but i do like you know this we've talked in our podcast about digital advertising about the difficulty it is to get consumers you know to to resonate you know you've got this age-old problem of resonating with ads uh, even though ads are better than ever you know you're still trying to get that 
relevance and, and resonate with consumers. So these are sort of interesting techniques to get consumers to engage with brands uh, using their phones, you know, participating and engaging. And, 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 you know, we'll see if that has a positive effect. Amazing. Any, any other funky ads that we've seen? Yeah, I saw, I saw an advert that was uh, actually harks back to what you're talking about there, Andrew, in terms of, uh, I think it was for Waterstones. I'm not sure though, I may be wrong. But it was, do you, do you remember the Raymond Briggs? Uh, he did the snowman and then he did a Father Christmas cartoon. And there was yes. a Raymond Briggs Father Christmas cartoon where he comes down the chimney and it's all, it's kind of playing on that nostalgic feel, like you say, like harking back to these memories that you have um, of days gone by. But then when he gets down the chimney, he's like, he's confronted by like an Amazon Alexa and all these other sort of internet of things. And it's just quite the comedy sort of plays out based on that. And it is, as you say, like that connection between that nostalgic feeling that makes us feel quite warm and fuzzy, but then catching up with, yeah, that this modern world that we live in now. So uh, I, I can't, as I say, I can't remember whose it was. I think it was a Waterstones advert, but I just thought it was a very, it was a very heartwarming advert that I saw the other day that made that connection with me anyway, because I've, I have fond memories of the Raymond Briggs cartoons. Yes. Yes. I mean, and it, you know, obviously this festive time or this holiday period is a t- there's a a lot of focus on emotional connections and memories and that uh, you know advertisers are sort of tapping into that and you know I, I guess the UK market is really where that's done to the extreme right you have this like deeply emotionally stirring ads that bring people to tears um, you know from the likes of John Lewis and, and Sainsbury's and, and the supermarkets so but you know you still get you know but still get a different take here too in, in the US um, I, another one I really like, you know, obviously I always like to bring it back to financial services because that's my bag. But, um, you know, Capital One partnered with Walmart and um, they've put out a, a very, you know, actually a specifically Christmas ad. You know, we're talking about holidays versus Christmas, um, which is all about, they call it holiday hints. Um, and the ad sort of takes place where this family, you know, all trying to hint at each other what they want for Christmas. So, you know, the dad is wearing a, a sweater with a picture of a drill on it. Um, and then, the, and then the, 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 the wife is like making a Christmas decoration of a grill. Um, so it's sort of playing up this thing. But the, what's clever about it, of course, is the timing. You know, so you've got a credit card ad that's being launched at a time where obviously in this huge ramp up to the uh, Christmas shopping season. Mm-hmm. And of course, what, what this card gives you is 5% back at uh, purchases at walmart.com, not in the store at walmart.com. And of course, that's one of the big areas of, a, you know, of growth. And that's where we're seeing a lot of spend going into the, into the holiday season. So with that, it's the timing that's pretty clever. Um, another one I want to bring up is um, Argos. So for our international listeners who don't know who Argos are, they're a British catalogue retailer launched about 50 years ago, I think. Um, and basically this year, they've, although they've been doing a lot of work over the last kind of few years about really digitalizing the business and making it far more digital, this year they've kind of done a big departure from their usual campaigns that really push kind of very specific products and this year it's um they've actually focused on the kind of the joy of the catalogue and um and it really as, it, as we we're kind of saying there it kind of ties into this idea of bringing back a bit of nostalgia um and it really harks back to and I can certainly remember as a child going through the Argos catalogue pouring my heart out over it in the lead up to Christmas and carefully picking each um, product toy whatever it may be that I wanted my parents to buy me Um, and I think it's it's so brilliant that they've kind of 
tapped into that and brought that idea back and you mm. kind of it sh- the advert shows this um dad flicking through the argos catalog and he finds this drum kit which his daughter has kind of lovingly circled and then it kind of brings in all this excitement about the dad then going and buying it for his daughter and um and yeah i just think it was a great example of as you say bringing back that emotiveness and that nostalgia that really yes. is so important at Christmas and like you say it's so important in the UK market because it seems to be the ads that win that manage to do that yeah yeah this is kind I, of a big year oh excuse me a big um issue or not issue uh nostalgia was a had a big play last year in the U.S. around catalogs because one of our big toy retailers went through bankruptcy Toys R Us and they, that was in the U.S. Mm-hmm. everyone got the Toys R Us catalog and dog-eared the pages and circled the items when they were kids and so last year because Toys R Us didn't release a uh, holiday catalog Amazon and Target did really big gift catalogs um, to try and take the place of those and so that was a kind of a big um, topic of conversation here last year especially because one of the issues with the Amazon toy catalog is there's no prices because yeah. Amazon is all dynamic pricing so as a parent when my child brings me the catalog with the thing circled I'm like oh great but I have no idea if that's like $500 or $5 <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of an I'm, issue. I'm glad you brought that up Jada because I was yeah. thinking oh, just as, as Sam was talking I was thinking about the Amazon catalog and it's like because and we, we did some good reporting on it as well at Confer Media right. because it has um they have they had stickers in the catalog so you could you yeah. know rather than ringing the drum kit you know you could stick a sticker or your your child could stick a sticker on the on the exact uh, <laughs> toy they wanted and then of course you have to use your phone to scan and find out that it's $500 yeah um I had um, another funky ad I wanted to add before we move on to another one. Um, we always get these big and, um, you know, national adverts um, from the big retailers. And I saw this really lovely one and that actually went viral. I think it was on YouTube and on um, Twitter and um, social media generally um, from Wales, from a little uh, hardware store called Hayford Hardware, hardware Store. Um, and it's a whole advert about a little boy opening up his hardware shop um, and selling to the public and wrapping up the presents really badly and um, you know sweeping up at the end of the day and then you and then he leaves the shop um, the little boy you see him just start to pick up a tree and then really it's a it's a, a grown man and the the caption is be a kid at Christmas and it's just really lovely oh. to show like that low the fact that it's local and um, the fact that you know, it's about having fun and, and, and being silly. Um, I think it was just excellent to talk about sort of, especially our high street at the moment in the UK, which is getting a lot of focus about mm. what's going to happen to our high street in the future um, with its decline. Uh, so I just thought it was lovely. Um, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Nice and one. from like the family perspective, I do most of the family research here in the US. I think that's something we see from consumers. One of the greatest joys of having kids is being able to see the world through their eyes and mm. experience, especially holidays and traditions Again, it brings all of that flooding back to you as you're like watching your children experience these traditions for the first time and being able to act like a kid with your kids. That's really smart. I like that ad. It's absolutely right. So we're gonna now as we've moved into that section, um, we're gonna get into any, anything new happening with consumers. Are they doing something different this Christmas? Is there any big stories? Um, I don't know if Dana, you had, yeah, I remember we were talking earlier on about, about a few different things. Yeah. So I don't know if you have this, I'm going to be asking a lot of questions of my UK counterparts today because here in the US, most of our analysts, one of their um, predominant qualities is they find something in the market or something in the store or something in an ad that really bothers them or it jumps out to them and then they get very obsessed with it. And so my current obsession right now is holiday cards. Um, last year, the Atlantic published an article called 
uh, millennials are keeping family holiday cards alive. And it kind of sparked this idea in my head because I don't know if this happens to you, but I get stacks and stacks and stacks of holiday cards. And we've really seen a huge decline in postal mail just like over the last two decades. Mm. Um, but it's interesting that these holiday cards keep coming and keep coming and keep coming. So, of course, I'm seeing this in the market and I'm like, as a Mintel analyst, I'm like, we need to find out what's happening here. So, we asked the question of our 3,000 consumer panel, do you send holiday cards via postal mail? I'm wanting to know, is it millennials that are keeping this holiday card tradition alive or is it not? Turns out, as kind of expected, older consumers are still much more likely to send holiday cards than millennial consumers. It's like 40% of millennials, which is a big number, almost half, are sending holiday cards. But what millennials are really um, <clears throat> sinking their teeth into are these personalized, these photo cards. Uh, tell me, do you have this in the UK where you get 25, 50, 75 photo cards where it's just the photo and there's no, it's like the photo, the family photo, the name and no message on the back because that's what I get stacks oh, and really? stacks of. But you can put the yeah, message on no, the back. I mean, anyway, that's what we do. <laughs> yeah, you can. But like the whole hypothesis of this article was that millennials love physical, tangible mail because they're in such a digital world. And I think it's actually the exact opposite because what I'm seeing in the holiday cards is that there is no personal message. People aren't, the uh, address is pre-programmed on there. It's digital. It's written in. It's not handwritten. Um, they're stamped and sent by the company that did the, you know, the digital photo print for you. And so everything has been kind of digitized and mm. automized. And what it really is, is it's like an Instagram post that you get in your mailbox. So it's kind of, instead <laughs> That's of- That's a really depressing <laughs> commentary. It is, it really is. It is though, right? <laughs> no. we've got yeah, a couple of like brands to do, to do it it's like bring it down but i do think i think millennials would love getting like personal the personal touch and a holiday greeting and i think they've really kind of warped this into just another form of social media where you send this beautiful picture of your family to all of your friends with no message and not a lot of thought put into it um but the reason it kind of sparked again for me this year is we have this really interesting landscape right now because Shutterfly is really the major player here for digital photo cards, and they just got purchased by a private equity firm who also purchased Snapfish, one of their competitors. Shutterfly had just acquired a national school photo service. So, like, all of these digital photo services are being combined into this, like, huge super business. So, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen next year because I think they're kind of, they're building a business up because I could see a Facebook a Google, an Amazon, one of those major players that has delivery capabilities or photo capabilities or sharing capabilities really coming into this market and picking up this 40% of millennial consumers who are sending out these digital photo cards. So I want everyone to keep your eyes out for what's happening in your mailbox this year. Mm. I want you to count. Are you <clears throat> getting a ton of these cards? Because there's definitely opportunity in this market for a major player to come out and, and maybe pull the rug from under Shutterfly's feet right now. I don't know about everyone else, but like I've, I've, from a UK point of view, from my point of view, um, like we, we send, like I send and receive holiday cards, but they're not necessarily personal. They're not like pictures of me. Like mm -hmm. I, I know the kind of holiday cards you're talking about, like the picture of the family <laughs> yes. and you send that out. Yes. That, 
I, I can give you one of those outside of the holidays. If you I want, want a picture of you, Andrew. Uh, <laughs> we'll get the, we get the calendar, though. We get the monthly Andrew of the month calendar. So that helps all year round. Again, that's just going to depress you throughout the year. But th- thanks, 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 thanks for saying that. Um, but no, I, I think it is this idea that I think people do like sending the card. And it reminds me of my childhood, like the Christmas cards that used to come in the post from friends and family used to be like part of the decorations. They'd like get stuck up on the wall if there wasn't any space on the mantelpiece. Yep. And mm-hmm. like, as I say, I do send and receive them now, although they're not quite as personalized as that in terms of the image however obviously you do write a message in them uh in the uk as well we tend to uh, link a lot of christmas cards with charities as well so you you buy like a stack of cards from the shop and they'll be Mm. giving to a certain charity so you can feel like you're giving something to someone as well um well i guess the twist ending for me to my own personal anecdote here is that i do it like i hate it but i also do it and all of you will be receiving a beautiful picture of my family for you can put on your mantle because <laughs> yeah, I, I do it. it there's no message it's just a picture yeah. of my kids and i'm like here happy holidays <laughs> and is it shutterfly in the uk we no? have a uh, moon pig and um, funky pigeon i think maybe some other brands as well out there that do the personalized uh, sort of cards and birthday cards yeah. and stuff i always send one to my mum and she still thinks it's an amazing novelty how did you manage to do this and that mum has been around for 10 years um so it's still exciting for her when she receives a personalized cards with her face on like the queen's body or something which i've done a few times yeah well that's because i mean in the uk as you say it's it's we definitely send holiday cards but as you say they're kind of traditional but out of a pack you sit and hand write them mm. and um but really in terms of those kind of personalized cards with your own kind of pictures and stuff they've really taken off in terms of birthday cards thank you cards invitations all of that but they've really not taken off um in terms of christmas cards it just isn't really a thing to send a personalized christmas card in that way here so the, it's coming mm. to you yeah, it is coming maybe. to you i'm telling you this now especially i mean <laughs> i think they just announced uh, this week or last week that a uh, Facebook, this photo sharing deal with Google, where now there's a Facebook tool where you can export all of your Facebook photos onto a Google photo storage. So you're going to have all access to all of those selfies you've been taking for the last 10 years to send out to all of your friends and family <laughs> for your holiday cards. Mm. Okay. So we've talked about cards and I wanted to see what else is anything that's, that's, that's been spotted this year that we buying people buying in store any new industries that are coming out i might get into food in a little bit but is anything you guys have seen uh in in the you know what we're buying from shops i guess one thing i will um flag up is just the insane amount of huge variety of advent calendars that you can get now and i just think it's just something that you just can't ignore anymore it's just it's one of those things where you can get an advent calendar for pretty much anything now and some of them to me I don't know about you guys but some of them just seem a bit self-indulgent because you surely I can't imagine them many of them being bought as gifts and I would imagine there's an element that a lot of them are just self-gifts the people buying gin calendars and beauty calendars and you know I think Ed you mentioned it earlier about lego calendars you know there's all sorts of you know um, calendars that are just taking it away from the kind of I mean very traditional calendars were of course just cardboard and you opened the pic to see what picture was behind the window whereas now you get all sorts of um products in there and it seems like such a huge commercial opportunity and we hear lots of you know brands and retailers saying that sales of these products are great every year but like i say it's just to me it's strikes as an odd concept in terms of it seems like quite an indulgent gift to give in the weeks before christmas actually arrives itself i think Definitely, this is on trend in the U.S. with like parents being overindulgent with their kids. Like that's where I see it the most is them buying these like advent calendars with socks or with goodies or with toys for their kids mm-hmm. to like 
get every last bit of celebration out of that entire month that they possibly can. It's a lot though. And they're everywhere. They're absolutely everywhere. They are? Yeah. I've always found it difficult to find them. We need to go shopping, Andrew. You yeah, need to come yeah you're not yeah, shopping yeah, the right places, Andrew. <laughs> go online. I, I've, always had, I've always had to get them back in England. Oh, so well, they're all available. I guess I'm, I'm going. I guess I'm going to the wrong. Place. It's interesting though because I saw a figure just going back onto what uh, Dana and uh, Sam were both saying. Actually, I, I think it was a US figure where like over a third of consumers actually buy a treat for themselves during sort of the Christmas period. And like, so it is this idea that I want to buy something for myself, and I'm glad Sam sort of brought up beauty advent calendars because that's kind of my it's kind of my thing. So um, because they they do they play they play perfectly into this. Like in in the UK, for example, the retailer Boots they have a beauty advent calendar. Uh, and it's actually a huge waiting list for the number seven range advent calendar because it's just so sought after because it's such a great way to engage with consumers like loyal consumers but also encourage people to try new things and there's just an absolute abundance as sam said of all of these advent calendars even within beauty so like selfridges have one liberty has one. like every single re- beauty retailer will have one brands will have them um and actually but one that i do kind of like the look of that i've seen this year is actually keels have teamed up with self they have a selfridges calendar and uh, they made in collaboration uh, with Janine Rule. And they've actually made a 12 days of Christmas beauty calendar. And what it is, is you get obviously 12 gifts for the 12 days, that 12 pouches filled with Kiehl's products. Um, but there's also, there's very minimal outer packaging. So there's a real focus on sustainability. So the outer packaging itself is made from seeded paper. So you can actually replant it mm. to soil, uh, in, in soil and you can actually grow your own flowers. Uh, and then once you're finished using the calendar as well, the idea is that you refill it for future holiday seasons, uh, or you can use it as hanging storage in your home. Uh, and all of the products that are actually in the calendar as well can actually be taken into a Kiehl's store and be recycled uh, as well uh, through a TerraCycle scheme. So they've made sustainability a real focus of their advent calendars because I think that's been maybe a negative, mm-hmm. a negative thing about advent calendars. Is it's encouraging it's wasted cardboard. Yeah, it's, it's encouraging packaging. a throwaway yeah. culture. I think this Kiehl's option is just maybe educating people a bit more. I know Loxitan have a sustainable option of their advent calendar as well, which gives people tips on how you can be more sustainable with your beauty purchases. So I think um, without getting too serious around this festive time of year, I think it's important to have that message given that this year and last year have been so focused on climate change and our impact on the planet. It's really interesting to see how the beauty advent calendar is playing in that space, whether it's a gimmick or not, who knows, but at least it's putting the conversation out there. I wonder if, I wonder if there's um, an opportunity there where, um, because I mean, as we were saying on earlier, it's this idea of like pass it on as well. And I can't help just listening to this. I can't help but think, is there an opportunity? Because you obviously get kind of X amount of products and there's very little control over which products they are usually. Uh, and I wonder if there's like an element of brands and retailers should be promoting, you know, a bit of a pass it on vibe around beauty advent calendars and those kind of advent calendars where if you don't like that product, yeah, who, yeah, you, who do you know? that? There, there, no, there is this idea of having like a, maybe an advent calendar like swap shop or something like that where you can actually yeah. turn up and swap with other people to be like, oh, I didn't like this uh, day cream. I don't really use day cream, um, but I do kind of like uh, like a, a blush or an eyeshadow. So let's, why don't we swap products? So yeah, I kind of like that idea as well, that kind of. Nice. Yeah. A partnership between brands where a lot of different brands go in on an advent calendar together and there's like a variety of products there. No, well, be, that's that's waiting to be launched. So Dana won't be at Mintel next year. We yep. know what she'll be doing. Okay, um, we're going to just. I'm, we've, we are. We're getting to our towards the end. I wanted to talk about one industry that's close to my heart or my stomach, um, and that's the world of food. Um, not too many stories this year. There's mostly it's just been all about. And you're going to hate me because I keep talking about it. But it's all about the vegan claim. Um, 
this year is the first year where vegan Christmas has really taken off. Um, it is pretty crazy. There's been two types um, which I've seen in, in, in store. You've either got very interesting party food that are just vegetables with interesting flavors like the cauliflower, like Korean gochujang spicy cauliflower in little little bites. Or you're also getting things like the vegan Wellington. So pretend we beef Wellington. Um, they've had, you know, tofurkey for years, um, but they're, they're, that expansion. Um, any of you planning to do the vegan Christmas or buying more from it this year? Yeah, my uh, my mom and my sister are both vegan. So when I spend the holidays with them, they've been vegan for decades. It's very Amazing. traditional for us to do like a veggie focused or a tofurkey or some kind of, you know, um, plant-based protein for, for holiday dinner. I don't know what it'll be, but I'll report back. I have, I have, yeah. See what you find. I have vegetarians in my family, so a little, a little bit easier in terms of uh, getting stuff for everyone to share that that people will eat. But again, similar thing. It's been for for decades, so it's always just been like a normal thing to have a vegetarian option in those kind of in that kind of environment. So as I say, we still eat cheese. I guess um, there's more variety with cheese, um, yeah. but. It's just just become so much more established. Mm-hmm. So down to the Aldi from Eminem or Waitrose in the UK, and I know in the states, um, I've seen I've seen stuff in 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 Walmart and Target totally. launching just loads of party food, little bites mm-hmm. that are that have either. I, I think I, one of my other favourite ones was pulled barbecue jackfruit parcels. Yep within an Aldi range, just a little. So again, just playing on that, that space. And I, I, this is the year for those options without a doubt um, for us to indulge. Um, and then we get into Veganuary. So people going vegan <laughs> in January. So why not start six days before then uh, and start over your Christmas table? Um, I'm gonna, we're going to fit come towards the end, but I wanted to ask each of you in turn um, to make a New Year's resolution. It can be a podcast resolution because of Series 2 will be back, um, but it can be a, just a personal resolution. Um, you know, the more entertaining, the better. Uh, let's start. I'm going to go by my video screen that I have in front of me and start with Dana um, as our first resolution. Yeah, so this is less a resolution and more of a challenge and a call out to fellow Mintel podcaster, Carol Wong. Lee in Toronto office. Every year, I think for the past two or three years, we do a burpee challenge. So on January the 1st, we do one burpee. And on January the 2nd, we do two burpees. And then we go as far as we can. For listeners or hosts that don't know what a burpee is, it's like a push-up and a jumping jack together. It's the world's worst exercise. Um, So Carol always beats me. She always outlasts me and does more burpees than I. But I would love to get more people in on this challenge this year. Maybe raise the stakes. We'll put a dollar amount on those. And whoever can outlast the others will win the pot. So this goes out to Carol. I know she's listening that um, I'm ready. January 1st to do those burpees. And my burpees will come from probably overindulging. So that's how <laughs> we'll I'll take be it. doing my we'll burpees. Take it. You're in. Um, <laughs> US based, Andrew, you're next. Oh, going vegan in January. No, just mm-hmm. kidding. Nope, uh, you said it. <laughs> yeah, I like the way you want us to commit to a resolution in front of our yeah. you know, thousands, thousands, millions of listeners <laughs> globally. Um, you know, not that anyone's going to, you know, I know all these people are going to hold us to this. But my, one thing, on my, it's kind of not really a resolution, but on my bucket list this, this is what I was thinking about and I thought I'd say it. On my bucket list this year is uh, for next year is to take my kids uh, camping or more, glam- more like glamping to the Grand Canyon, something I've really wanted to do since they were babies, now they're teenagers. So I'm going to do that this year. That's on my list. So, nice. um, I don't know, eat more fibre. <laughs> 
It's a sexy resolution, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, on, on that Keep note, Sam, <laughs> I, I, feel like, I feel like this is just health advice now, Andrew. It's just kind of, uh, yeah. it's, it's just good ways to live your life. <laughs> oh, do, oh, do more podcasts. <laughs> Any. Sam, you're up. So, uh, do you know what? I haven't actually, I have not come up with a New Year's resolution this year, although I will definitely come up with one at some point because I usually tend to try and do something fun now. So I go completely against the whole idea that I'm going to suddenly turn myself into some health guru um, who does loads of exercise and eats perfectly and does all the right things. Um, and, and basically, so I normally try and do something that's a bit more fun. So like last year I did, I challenged myself to um, go to more gigs. So I went to an obscene amount of gigs and spent lots of money, but, <laughs> um, but it was great. So I'm going to try and stick on that theme and try and find something fun. Go to less gigs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. UK-based, Andrew, you're up. Um, well, I don't normally do... Uh, resolutions because i just don't believe in them and they normally get broken a yeah exactly. i'm a humbug for for new year's resolutions however for you ed i've decided to come up with one and i have decided i am going to draw more because i'm a bit of a cartoonist behind the scenes uh so my new year's resolution for you ed is that i will draw more this year because i picture have fun of, doing a cartoon picture of me i will do a cartoon picture of you i'll do a cartoon picture of all of the hosts how about that and we'll, and we'll do some do we get to see the results well, i will do that maybe, maybe that maybe they, there you go like i've thought of it just now i will draw a picture of all of you and we'll just make some artwork <laughs> for the for the podcast <laughs> Amazing. Um, on that theme, my so um, I'm not very closeted uh, as the, as a geek, but I am a very big comic book geek, and I have a very um, well a sizable collection of of comic books that I've been reading probably since the age of about eight. But they're currently just in boxes, either in my parents' house or in my house, in my cupboard, in all sorts of places. And my plan this year is to do the very sad thing and get an Excel document and put them all in um, in an like what what have I got? what's all in that um, in those lists and then put, put them all away with all the tags so I know what I've got um, so I'll be able to find the Spider-Man comic that I that I want and love I can't um, think of anything is, nerdier than an Excel spreadsheet full of comic books congratulations yes, <laughs> yes. Um, comic books food um, my two passions love it. Um, so that's the end of series one and our festive podcast it's been a pleasure I'm it's sorry. been a blast it's it been has been, been a pleasure blast. so be before we get into the final uh, thank you everything um, thank you to to all of you um, uh, um, and a self pat on the back so please make sure you pat yourselves on the back it's been a great year um, and we're going to be coming back for more in uh, at sometime early next year um, so for all you out there please make sure you subscribe and rate and review and um, on any of the places that you get to your podcasts um, and if you want to check out Mintel jump on our website mintel.com find us on social media all that stuff um, otherwise catch us not next week as we normally say but catch us next year um, and uh, we look forward to you listening in again thank you very much thank Thanks, you bye bye man.